Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best Internet minds in the business. Now here are your hosts, Internet Brand Strategist Sandra Beck and Marketing Director for Toginet Radio, Scott Frazier. Guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and Scott Frazier has the day off. We're going to be visiting today with Dave Anderson, and we're going to talk about something that happens to every entrepreneur at some point in their life. You hit critical mass. You get to the point where you cannot sustain the workload that you're under. You want to grow to the next level. You've got ideas to take yourself to the next level, but yet you're stuck. And then there's a part of you that's like, eh! You know, I'm not going to hire somebody. I don't want to hire somebody. But yet, you know, you have to hire somebody. And there's that like little battle of wills that goes on in you. And then there's the ever present question of like, well, where do I start? What do I have this person do? Uh, Dave, have you ever experienced that in your growth of your own company? (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know if I screeched just like you did right there, but oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, as an entrepreneur, you start off by yourself. I mean, I started, uh, I've got a picture of, uh, my recliner where I have, uh, a milk crate with some files in it and my, and you can see my bare feet there and I'm in shorts and that's when I left the corporate world. And that, that's how my company started with a recliner, a milk crate full of files and a, and a cell phone. And, you know, we've progressed a little bit from there. And uh, but when it's time to release that and start realizing I can't do it all by myself. Yeah, there's maybe it was an internal screech. I don't know if I screech out loud. Uh, You'd have to ask my wife about that. Yeah, that's really not very manly to screech. So in, in leadership, there's no screeching in leadership. Yeah, there's no screeching in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> no screeching in baseball. But yeah, it's really hard because, you know, I have a client right now and, you know, and she's lovely and she's sitting on just an immense cash cow. You know, she produces these things six or seven at a time. They're five grand each. She's got a waiting list of 25 people who have put money down on these things. And, you know, she can produce seven or eight in a month and you know that's a, that's a, that's a lot of money and it's not a lot of work for her and it doesn't require her to do that much but she's got three kids her husband works full time and she really wants to be there for her kids so she's having this huge dilemma of going you know what do i leverage and you know i've got a couple rules of thumb for leveraging but i'm curious if you have any of your own ideas on how to leverage things well yeah i and I'm hoping I'm answering your question, so uh, get me on track if I'm not. But the the way I look at it is, what is what are the things only I can do? I mean, what is what is truly the intellectual property, whatever you want to call it, that what can only come from me? And you know, there are certain things in the business that I was doing that I had to learn as I went along. Uh, that I, I tell you what, I I've gotten proficient, but I'm not good. And if you if you want to move away from doing all the things that you're, you can just barely do and you can be proficient at and only focus on the things you're good at or great at, you got to figure out what those things are and sit down and say, what am I doing that someone else could be doing that I don't have to have my fingers on all the time? And I think that's the first question we got to ask ourselves. Why am I really involved in this business? And what is it about this business that really drives me? And what's the stuff that I'm doing that doesn't paddle my canoe? And whatever doesn't paddle your canoe, 
Start looking for ways that you can farm it out. You know, Dave, that is, that's a lot uh, in alignment with my little checklist in my head. Whenever I'm hiring somebody, and I use a lot of that buyout labor, you know, I use virtuals. I have a company actually uh, fully staffed with virtual uh, virtual assistants. And, you know, they're all moms. There's 140 of them, all moms of different disciplines that are uh, that have left the traditional workforce, whether it's child care, elder care, you know, physical ailments, uh, you know, you name it, cancer, uh, kids with autism. There's a lot of reasons why people leave the workforce and seek non-traditional employment. One of the things that I've always used for me and I teach my clients, Dave, is that I write a list down. I do it opposite. I go, what do I not like to do? Like, what do I avoid? What do I hate doing? What can I get someone to do better than I can do it? Because, you know, I'm not good at all things. So what can I find that could somebody can do better? Then there's the old, what can I get somebody to do? Because I've, I've created all my own systems. Who can do it cheaper? And then the other thing I sit down and I, I write out what are my money hours? Because an entrepreneur can work 24 hours a day if they choose. And right. But not every hour is effective, not, you know, you need to sleep, you need to eat, hopefully you need to shower. If you have kids, you know, if you have a spouse, if you have a hobby or an obligation, or, you know, you might still be in the service and the reserves, you might have other obligations. You really need to sit down and look at what your money hours are. Because realistically, Dave, I have about 25 money hours in my week as a single mom with two kids taking care of my 80-year-old dad. You know, I have a lot of obligations that, you know, I can't shirk. So what do I really have to work with? And I think that money hours thing is a really good place to start. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing because I'm going through something like that right now because my money hours have changed. Uh, I just recently sent two kids off to college. I have 18 year old twins, and they're both they just both went off to college here uh, in in the summer or late summertime here. And actually, my wife, uh, I just sent her off to law school. So she's we got a, we got her an apartment in Fort Worth, which is about two hours from where I live, and uh, I see her on the weekends because she's there first year law student. So all of a sudden my money hours have expanded, which is not always what happens to people. Uh, I think maybe when you're at my point in life, when all of a sudden the nest gets empty and mine's really empty right now, the the money hours can increase. Uh, But the question is, I guess for me, the question was at that moment was when the money hours increased, did I fill it back up with a bunch of stuff I hated to do? Or did I, did I just expand what I love to do? And that's what I'm really working on right now is that it, and is a book that I'm working on with my father and writing with my father. And, uh, boy, I'm having a ball and I, I don't run out of energy while I'm doing that. I'd run out of energy if, for instance, say I was working, doing all the social media stuff that needs to be done for my company. I can do some of that. I can, I did, but I have now found somebody to do that for me. And, uh, boy, he does such a better job than I do. So. Well, and he probably does it cheaper, he does it faster, and you don't realize the emotional investment that you have to put into things that you're not good at, that you don't like to do, and you don't want to do. That's a bigger drain. Like, you know, I sat down one day with Michael, who works with me, and I'm like, because he's like, wow, Sam, he goes, you look road hard, put away wet. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what can I do to help you? And I really didn't know at that point. And then he looked at me, he goes, oh, I can tell. He goes, you hate doing this, this, and this. I, You know, he knows he's been working with me a long time. And, And he helped me see what I didn't 
like to do. And he's like, I can take this over. I can take this over. And what it did was it gave me not only, you know, hours back in my week. That's good. You know, we all need extra hours, except for yeah. you, Dave, with your emptiness. We need to fill your hours. <laughs> but most people need those, you know, those extra hours. But I really had to think carefully because I wasn't just going to fill it up with a bunch of stuff. And I realized, you know, I'm not working out as much. So I signed up for this yoga class, which thankfully I sit on the radio because I can't really get up right now. I took a <laughs> yoga and Pilates and I'm going to do that every Tuesday and Thursday. Thursday with the hour and a half freed up. Mm. And, you know, Dave, if I don't work out, you know, I was an athlete, you know, uh, all through my life. If I don't work out, I don't feel good. If I don't feel good, I'm not productive. If I'm not productive, I don't create. If I don't create, I don't make money. It's real simple. Like there's the production line. And so it was really hard for me to justify going, wow, two kids, full-time job, all this extra stuff piled on top of me. And I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, those productive hours, uh, mine are, mine are early in the morning, you know, and to have people who can cover the things that, uh, are joy suckers, I call them, you know, uh, some of those things that just suck the joy out of my work from me, uh, to have other people cover those are great. But first thing in the morning, I wake up at 5am and I start to work. And, uh, after I spend some quiet time and, and do some things like that and, uh, those are the most productive hours. Everything before noon are the most productive time. If I hit two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm not interacting with people, I, I'm not creative at that moment. I, I, that's when I need to be with people. And so I've arranged my schedule as well. So during my most productive hours, I'm doing the things that really are going to, uh, are really going to drive the ship of my business here. No, and that's funny, Dave, because I'm you know, like I'm shot out of a cannon myself at at five a.m. But I like you know I've got two kids to get to school, I got dogs to yeah. feed. You know, it's a shit storm like for about an hour and a half in my house. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that door shuts and the kids are at school, I can get more done in a couple hours than like more people get in a in a in a whole work day because I know what I need, I know my strengths, and by two o'clock I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. It's, But, you know, I think the key is, Sandra, that what you figured out and what I'm still trying to figure out is, you know, as you're growing and you're encountering new things as you're growing your business, you know, it's the releasing the, the brand new stuff that you think you should be doing, but you're not sure if you should be doing. And, you know, and you have all these questions, golly, what do you know, which one of those things do I, I have to take over and which one do I pass off to whoever, uh, to help me out with. And I think that's always a question I'm running into is, okay, this new stuff, uh, for instance, writing this book, I just got off the phone with, uh, with the publishers and, uh, the woman who I'm working with, with the publisher, she said something that just, hit me hard. And I'm like, wow. Uh, she was getting on me for trying to do too much of the editing of my writing myself. And she said, well, let me ask you this, Dave, do you mow your own grass or wash your own car? And I'm like, no, I, I'm, I believe in helping the economy out and hiring other people to do that stuff. And she said to me, well, she said, why not? And I said, because I don't like doing that stuff. And she said, exactly. I, she, I said, I'd rather be doing something else. And she said, exactly. Wouldn't you be rather do something else than editing your book? And I'm, and I said, absolutely. She said, so stop it. 
Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right away, ma'am. Anything you say, ma'am. All That's right. right. Exactly. A commercial break. Uh, I'm yeah. visiting today with Dave Anderson of Anderson Leadership Solutions, and we're talking today about how to leverage what we're doing, how to leverage for the best uh, possible time use for our company, for ourselves, for our families. And what Dave just shared with us is one of those questions I always ask myself, you know, do I like doing this? If I don't like doing it, what's the point of running my own company if I'm doing things that I don't want to do? So now when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about finding people who can do something better than us, cheaper than us, and it's really tough when we don't understand the technology, but we're going to, we're going to source some of that out for you so you can help make the best decisions yourself. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. there are ways you can boost your natural happy chemicals? The expectation of reaching a goal can cause your body to produce dopamine. Early settlers in America probably got a rush of dopamine upon discovering a new watering hole. Today, we might expect the same pleasurable feeling by finding the perfect parking space. The expectation of a reward releases the energy needed to reach the goal. What's a word meaning the will to win? Spizzerinkdom. Endorphins are other chemicals released by the body to mask pain and cause a feeling of euphoria. Runners are known to make themselves release these endorphins by pushing themselves past their limits. But the simple acts of laughing and stretching can cause a release of endorphins as well. What's another word for stretching? Pandiculation. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Taking care of everybody, this is Sandra Beck and Scott Frazier has the day off and we are talking with Dave Anderson of Anderson Leadership Solutions. Anderson Leadership Solutions. Sorry, I think I could get, I don't know, I'm just having a tough day today, Dave. I need to leverage my mouth. No um, worries. <laughs> uh, one of the things that happened to me, Dave, when I was building my business, you know, I got divorced when my kids were two, three months, three months old. Zach was three months old and uh, my other kid was two and a half and my mom was dying of cancer. So my family's uh, 
kind of was shifted elsewhere, you know, shifted towards Mm -hmm. my mom. And I funded my business that I have today with my existing job. So I had my job, I had my kids, I had my mom sick and, you know, I had to leverage. Like there wasn't a point where I could go, Oh, should I leverage this? It was like, crap, this needs to be done by Thursday. The client needs it. Mm -hmm. Who can I find? Who can I find? Who can I find? And that's what led me to build Motherhood Incorporated, you know, with my 140 moms that work from home in the United States and Canada who are native English speakers, and a lot of them are trained by me. And some of them, Dave, have been working for me 12, 13 years. And that's a big deal in the virtual assistant industry. And, you know, People ask me, like, where are the two best sources of labor? Number one is your local colleges and universities, and we're going to talk about interns first. But number two is your sphere of influence. And I'm going to talk about that because most people go to a virtual assistant company, and you can come to mine, and maybe I'll work with you, Mm -hmm. maybe I won't. But um, it's got to be a relationship that goes either way. So first we're going to talk about the best source of labor for entrepreneurs, which is the college intern. Yeah, and that's something I've leveraged. Uh, I, as soon as I things went beyond me just blogging, I actually started to have uh, people actually contacting me and saying, "Hey, Dave, we like what you're doing. Would you come in and let us pay you?" Uh, I realized I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with everything that I had to keep doing, and so I went and looked at the uh, looked at the local college, and uh, you know, it, it is. Uh, University of Texas uh, school, but it's one of the it's one of the satellite campuses. And I went to the school of business and I said, hey, I need some interns. And I started hiring interns. And let me tell you, I've got this guy right now. I'm going to use his name. His name is Skylar Hefley. And he has just totally blown me away with what he's been able to do to help me, to help leverage my the company, to help me grow and help me as an individual get away from the stuff I don't like to do. And this guy is smoking hot uh, as far as a worker goes. I can't speak for him. He's hot, <laughs> hot overall. But you're say, screeching. You're smoking hot. Yeah, guys. I know. Okay. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, anyway. So, and this is a guy, by the way, he's looking for employment. If anybody wants to employ him, give me uh, email me at Dave at ALS lead.com. Dave at ALS lead.com. If you want to employ Skylar, but this guy has been incredible for me. And, um, and what I love about the opportunity of using the interns is these people, these uh, young men and women that I've had, they've learned a lot about business in the academic setting, but they haven't been out in business. A lot of them have been working in, you know, restaurants and things like that, but they haven't been, they haven't seen the business from the inside. And uh, so what they know is what the academics have taught them. And what I love doing is mentoring them and bringing them in and showing them, hey, this is how you, this is how. I am building a business from the ground up. <laughs> learn from me. Learn what not to do. Maybe you'll learn a f- few things to do. But uh, I've learned as much from my interns as I have uh, anywhere else, really. Well, and they're fun. You know, like Ugh. people ask me all the time. They're like, what is it with you with these young guys? And I'm like, okay, it's not just young guys. You know, I own a motherhood company, but my interns are a lot of guys. I, I use a lot of military interns too. Um, and, you know, and I have some girls. I have a lot of moms that work for me. But the younger people, especially my tech people, they tend to be guys. But the one thing is they breathe new life into your business. They're fun. They're not jaded. They're not tweaked because they're stuck portfolio went sideways today they come in you know like excited 
people to make a difference, to try something. And the thing is, I found with with interns, too, is they're so much less afraid to fail. Yeah. And they're willing to try new technology. They're willing to try some things. And you know, if you cultivate a relationship with them like I do, which is, okay, we're going to have a brainstorm meeting. Here's the problem. Everybody come back with their solutions. We go to the whiteboard and we figure out as a team what the best solution is. Super fun, super energetic. And it breathes new life into your company when your company is just you and you're dying. Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, for the most part, they're from a different generation than you you are, and they. So, if you believe all the generational stuff, and I'm I, I am a believer in a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. There are the things, that, the differences in the generations. We need to be leveraged as well, and especially when you're talking about how am I going to reach the largest group, the largest going growing consumer group, the large the people who, and for me, being doing leadership and leadership being my business. I really want the leaders of our, the future leaders of our country to think like I think, which is character based. Your character is the most important thing about you as a leader and as a person. And if I can influence those people and figure out how to reach them, because I have an intern from that generation working there, working with me and telling me how to do it and opening my eyes to new things, man, that is that is the best thing in the world. And you're right. They give me energy. Uh, Skylar is always coming in with new ideas sometimes. And I'm a crazy idea guy. And sometimes I have to slow him down. But the thing about him is he he see he sees the way to implement it in the areas that aren't my strengths. And so I hire an intern based on what what they can do that are, is different than what I, I can do. Not I don't want somebody who's just like me because we'll come up with the exact same ideas. I want somebody who's different from me, who thinks differently that, you know, it's kind of that, that Jerry Maguire thing. You complete me type thing. I mean, well, the, yeah, the, they have a different worldview. That's the yeah. one thing that I found. You know, I started on a computer, Dave, when I was in first grade. OK, so I thought, you know, for my generation, I'm like, ooh, you know, you're smoking. You know, these guys have been on some of them been on since they were two years old. You know, they've they've just grown up with it. And it's always funny when we have a programming issue, Dave, because I am an old old school programmer, you know, from 20 years of programming. And they're always going, oh, yeah, we're going to kick it old school now. We're going to kick it old school. Here she comes. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is my old school technology is the foundation for which all the software is built today. So that has a huge intrinsic value. However, I am not versed on all of the things for today because it's so diverse and it's so expansive and it's being created at a different time. And so when you pair old school foundational thinking with new school, you just can't beat it. Like there's just nothing better. Right. And I, I tell you, one one of the things as well, what I found with interns, they truly get invested in your business. They because especially if you like you talked about bringing them in and having a brainstorm. If they feel like they're part of the decision making process, if they have a you know not that they're making the decisions, but they have input into the decisions, their investment in the, in the business goes way up. And all of a sudden, you're getting emails from them, you're getting text a text from them on a Saturday, and you're like, why aren't you at a football game or something? And they're thinking about something. About 
uh, about the the work that you have to do the next week, and and they throw the, something out at you, and you're and you're just like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm not paying them for this, but they're still because they're so invested, and that's that's the fun thing about it, really. Well, yeah, and they want to work. Like that's yeah. the other thing I got to tell you. Like you know, in, in hiring virtuals and hiring interns, it's the same principle. I usually look for people who have a need. You know, like with the moms who work in my virtual assistant company, they can have elder care issues, they can have child care issues, they can have health issues, they can have you know deployment or or PCS move, meaning that means when people move mm-hmm. for the military and it's hard to sustain traditional employment. I always like to find the reason that a virtual can't have traditional appointment because then I get, I get it. I'm like, you need to, you need to get money into your household. You need to pay for a mammogram. You need to pay for your kids braces. That tells me you're hungry to work when you have interns and they love what they do. They're hungry because they're just getting out of school. They're just, they might be a junior or a senior and they're, they're like a car that's revving up at the start finish line, just waiting to get out of the box. And if you can, can, harness that energy whether it's the energy for the virtual assistant which we're going to talk about in the next segment or you can harness that intern energy you infuse incredible lifeblood into your organization and it can take you places you never dreamed of there's things that my company is doing dave that in a million years if you asked me 10 years ago would you guys be catching pedophiles would you guys be doing missile defense would you guys be doing you know social media for thought-provoking radio, I would have said you're off your rocker. Yeah. Well, and I think something we do need to, I do want to mention on this, Sandra, is, you know, some people might think, yeah, but with interns, you get them trained up and then they go and they leave and, you know, and, and, and they might see that as negative because I've heard that before. But one of the things I've done to help with that and to mitigate that is I always get my interns involved in hiring my next intern. They're the first. So what's the first person to do the interviews with with candidates for an internship? My current intern. My current intern is scouring the school looking for the best people to to come in and take their place. And so I'm giving them an opportunity to do something most most young men and women in their early 20s never get a chance to do, which is learn how to interview and learn how to look for talent. And then I help train them on that. But more importantly, they understand what my needs are, what I want to have happen. And they go out and they find people that are that have those traits and they they've got to put their name on them and. But the thing is, there's a continuity that happens through the interns as they move in and out is, you know, they all know each other. And so when I'm not around, they call the past intern and say, hey, what would Dave want me to do here? Well, this is what Dave would want you to do here. OK, great. And they and they're moving on down the road without me even knowing about it. And that's a, I just want to emphasize that your interns can help you find your next intern and use them that way because they're invested in your company, just uh, maybe not as heavily as you are, but boy, they're going to help you find the next, the next thing. So you don't have a drop off as far as uh, the quality of your interns. Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit more about interns and how to retain them for life, even though you're not employing them full time. I'm a big believer of that. Uh, You build your team, your team can grow and change. When we come back from the break with Dave Anderson, we're going to talk about virtual assistants. We're going to talk about where to find them, how to create them, how to retain them. And we're also going to talk about what to do with those interns when the college graduation date rolls around.
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The fat that is deep within your abdomen and fills the spaces between your internal organs is called visceral or liver fat. This belly fat poses a crucial threat to your health and needs to be taken seriously. Aerobic exercise such as brisk walking, jogging, and swimming burns calories. Resistance exercise such as weightlifting builds bones and strengthens muscles. Both of these modes of exercise are important and both should be a part of your exercise program. Duke University Medical Center researchers performed a study and found that if you are trying to reduce visceral fat, aerobic exercise is your best choice. Aerobic exercise burns 67% more calories than resistance training the researchers found. So concentrate on aerobic exercise to burn away that dangerous visceral fat. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Taking care of Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and this is Coach Talk Radio. Scott Frazier has the day off. We are visiting today with Dave Anderson and we're talking about ways that you can leverage your time through your business by using college interns and using virtual assistants. And before we get into virtual assistants, Dave, I want to talk a little bit about the college interns that I've had and they still work for me and this is where you know, leads nice into virtual assistant work because flexibility is key. When you look at tasks lists that need to be done, there's like, you know, that whole immediate, urgent, right away, yes, Mm -hmm. you know, no ma'am, whatever. But there are things that need to be done in your business or things that you might be able to leverage in your business over to an intern that leaves and goes for his own full-time job. Like Michael is really a basketball or a baseball coach and he coaches at the college and high school level. So during baseball season, he's got a lot of things to do and I shift the whole company. Like I shift around my people, which sounds counterintuitive to most entrepreneurial businesses. It's like, I've hired you, you come in at this time. I shift around my mom's school schedules. I know certain moms are in school or their kids are in school at certain times of the year. So we shift responsibilities and my company is constantly shifting, which is a little bit extra work for me. I'll be honest, but 
with that shifting, easy, you know, maneuverability that I've created in my company, it's almost like in an earthquake, we just, we just shake out, you know, we shake out and, you know, we move stuff around. If a mom falls down on the job, we can move it to another mom. If I intern, I call it my intern, you know, old college intern saying, Hey, you know what? I need this stuff done. It hasn't been done in a while. Can you do it for me? I'll PayPal you, you know, payment. I'll send you a computer if you need it. Um, can you just get this done? Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll have it done by the 15th. No problem. No sweat. If you flex like that and you start looking at your company as modules, this module has to be done in the office. This module can be outsourced. This module is repetitive. I can put a provisioning manual or I can put a a, a system together for this to be done so anybody can follow it. And if you flat rate some of this stuff, Dave, which I do a lot of flat rate because I can't control people's computer speed. I can't control their internet speed. So if something needs to be done, I have an estimate of about how long it's going to be done, and I'll pay you a couple hundred dollars to finish it. If you take 10 hours to do it or you take two hours to do it, I don't care. And if you leave the hourly rate behind and start pricing per job and look at your company as a bunch of jobs that need to be done, you can retain your interns after the fact. They'll shift in what they're doing when they've settled in their job because in this market, extra money is a good thing. Yeah, and I, I'm a big believer in that uh, fee, you know, a flat fee type thing versus an hourly, uh, an hourly system as well because it it incentivizes it incentivizes people to uh, get things done efficiently as opposed to uh you know working on it when they want to and things they get they're going to make a couple hundred dollars for working 2 hours or a couple hundred dollars for working 10 hours why wouldn't you work 2 hours i mean that's and you're incentivizing people to be productive so uh i'm looking at skylar and i'm seeing what what he can do for me and i'm and he and i are he he doesn't leave until uh the first of the year but i'm i'm already looking at him and i'm saying hey, he and i are talking about what jobs what what projects can he he be continue to do for me what thing what systems continue he continue to run for me so even though i'm bringing in a new intern that new intern i can have them focus on some other things so again more and more gets taken off of my plate uh so i can focus more and more on what i love to do which is develop people develop leaders and develop uh content that are going to help develop people and develop lead uh, develop leaders so uh i'm with you on that i think that's a great system Yeah, well, and that same system leads us into why do most companies fail with virtual assistants? One of the things that they fail on miserably is the rigidity of the corporate structure. They're not looking at the jobs as pods or modules. They're not looking at flat rate fees rather than hourly, and they're not willing to flex. My hours are only nine to five. You can only work nine to five. You know, there's a lot of companies, Dave, that that come to Motherhood Incorporated. They want to hire 50 virtual assistants. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing? Oh, well, you're going to do this and this, and you're going to do it the hours between this and this, and they have to be available for this, this, and this. And, And I said, okay, we can't do it. You need to hire yourself an employee. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and so when I look to hire somebody and, you know, this is going to sound pejorative or insulting, but I always look for somebody who's in a need based position. If I have a mother with a kid with autism, if I have a mother with a kid or a husband with cancer, if I have a military spouse, if I have a fireman or police wife whose husband's hours were cut right then and there, Dave. 
I've got somebody who's already got a gun to their head. If, if it makes sense, like for Mm -hmm. them to do their work and I don't have to play the heavy. They have a reason that they need to make this money. Now I get virtual assistants all the time that are like, I want to earn a Lexus. I want this. I want to pay for my family's trip. Those are all good things, but they're not great things. I've got a couple girls who have MS and they are in a wheelchair and they are rocking lightning fast on social media, Johnny on the spot. And as much as I would love for them not to be in a wheelchair and love for them not to have MS, I am thrilled that they can work for me, have gainful employment in their home. You know, they get to make friends, meet people, get involved with things. You know, I've got one of my gals is in Iowa and, you know, she can't leave her house without her parents assisting her. She's 32 and she gets to have this great life on the internet. She gets to make money. She gets to earn. She gets all the satisfaction the rest of us get. Now, there's a certain things I have to work around. I have to work around hospital visits. She will tell me when she knows she's going to have an extended stay in the hospital. They're pretty regular. And every once in a while, something unexpected will happen and I got to roll with it. But you know what? I will roll with it any chance I get. And she's been with me, I think, 10 or 11 years now. And so when you look at virtual assistants, start looking in your neighborhood. You know, before you pick up the phone and call a company like mine, look in your neighborhood. Look and see whose husband is out of work. Maybe the husband himself is out of work. Look for somebody who's dealing with some specific issues in their household and they need money and you call them up or you talk to them on the soccer field going, you know, I know it's none of my business, but, but I've got some work in my office. I I did this this week, actually at soccer. There's a guy that's been out of work a year and a half. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, he's going to, they're going to repossess this car. He's really frightened. And, and I said, you know, I said, I can't give you an offer for gainful employment. I said, but you could come in, you know, for five hours a week, pick up some work and finish it at home stuff. I really need to you to do and I know you can do it um, and he's like great 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 and he's probably going to do 20-30 hours of offloading work for me because what I didn't know about this guy Dave he's an mm-hmm. old former programmer mm. and it was soccer yeah yeah and those uh, you know and you got the relationship if you have the relationship with those people already I mean obviously you know very rarely do we trust is it easy it's it's not easy to trust people we don't know. I mean, we don't walk into Walmart, see somebody that we've never met before and say, hey, by the way, I'm leaving town this weekend and I never lock my doors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't – we don't do that because trust – it's much easier to trust somebody that you that you know. And so in this situation, really in lots of these situations, you're putting your trust in somebody else. Even though you're paying them, you're, you're trusting your company. You're trusting them to get things done. And and if you can find somebody that is, you know, like you said, local, somebody that, that is near you, that has a need and a, and a skill that you – and. You know, this is a win-win situation for both of you, and there's a that trust involved. I think that's that's a great setup for everybody involved. 
Well, and, you know, you talked about like principle centered or character centered leadership. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a character centered leadership company or a principle centered leadership company, you know, like I am, like people are pretty clear what motherhood stands for. You know, we are reducing the carbon footprint of companies. We are putting, you know, people back to work who want to work, you know, in the comfort of their home. We stand for families so that families, um, mothers and fathers can be with their children more. They can make that soccer game. You know, we we, we take telecommuting, you know, as like our banner for, mm-hmm. you know, this can make a, a big difference. So, you know, when you put out that as your company brand and your mission and your philosophy, when you approach somebody and say, look, you know, we're committed to doing these things and I need this work done and, um, you know, we can do this together. It's a much different conversation. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing was before we got on the air, I was working on the book and I was working on one of the uh, habits of character that we're talking about in the book. Uh, and I was focusing on selflessness. And, uh, you know, the the thing is, the opportunity is there to do something good for somebody else. And uh, like you said, it might in some cases, like with the uh, with the woman who has the MS, who who has to go into the hospital periodically, it might make things a little bit inconvenient for you at that moment. There's a selflessness aspect of character and a character based uh, organization that uh, makes the, makes the right people want to work for mm-hmm. you. And it, it's motivating for for you as the leader of that company as well. And, uh, you know, with Anderson Leadership Solutions and with all that I do, you know, with the Impact Talk Radio where we talk about leadership and the more companies I go into and I speak about leadership and character-based leadership, I mean, people want to be part of an organization like that. People want to be led by people who think that way. And when especially when you have people who might be going through hard times or just you know have have more challenges in life than even uh, than you know you you or I have they're grateful and and it is something that I, I think has a bigger kingdom pur- purpose than just us going out and making money so um you know i think it's a truly great part of being being part of a company like that that's character based leadership and that you're focused on the the selfless part of leadership and uh, where so many people, that's not been their experience, experience with leaders. Well, and I love what you said about inconvenient. Yeah, it's inconvenient when, you know, one of my moms or kids get sick. It's convenient mm-hmm. when somebody has to go to the hospital. It's inconvenient when somebody yeah. dies. I mean, those are the things that happen in small companies, but it's not critical. It doesn't shut my business down. And, you know, I can't let my anxiety ramp me up so high that I'm not accommodating great people because the benefit far outweighs the inconvenience of those specific issues far outweigh or far or the, the, the product, the productivity I get out, the loyalty I get out, the friendship I get out, the gratitude I get out, the juice that I get from that stuff. And we're going to talk about that in creating our corporations when we come back after the break. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live. 
the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author, and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Now that the children are back in school, a new dilemma arises. What do you feed them for afternoon snacks? This truly is a quandary, but one that can be solved with a little planning. The key is to have healthy snacks that taste good on hand at your house. Don't buy food that you don't want your kids to eat. Forego buying store-made cookies and chips since you don't want your children to eat those. Instead, have fresh fruit and delicious cheeses with multi-green crackers waiting for them when they get home from school. Grapes, yogurt, whole wheat bagels, and low-fat string cheese are delicious and nutritious. It's protein and fiber-rich snacks that help everyone feel satisfied and full until dinner. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Coach Talk Radio, and we're visiting with Dave Anderson at Anderson Leadership Solutions. Dave, when we went to break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what are some things that that you know are good criteria for looking for virtual assistants for longevity. And yes, you need to be flexible. Uh, there's a couple of other tips that I'd like to share um, with people. And then I'd like to talk to you more about, you know, character centered leadership in an organization or principle centered leadership. Um, one of the things that I do is I purchase my equipment and I send it to the people who are doing the work for me. Like these little Chromebooks, they're 150 bucks a pop. They're nothing. They're two pounds. They ship easily. You know, you can fire them off to wherever they need to go. Or people, if you're like me, you're local. I bought these LL Bean pack backpacks. I put the resources together. I'll throw a Chromebook in there. And I have moved exclusively to online softwares. You know, there's Adobe packages, there's Microsoft packages out there. There's a whole bunch of things out there, depending on what your company needs. But what I found was one of the biggest hiccups in my business was in outsourcing. You've got people who are using, oh, I'm using an old Microsoft Word version of 2003. Oh, I'm using Pages. Pages, I want to kill people who tell me they're using Pages. Um, whoever design pages just they're probably the same people who made Ativan and the other anti-anxiety drugs <laughs> um but you give people the tools they need and for the small investment of buying a chromebook or buying a computer for 300 bucks and shipping it or sending it to the person and yeah there's always a risk you're not going to get it back but you know dave in in 13 years now of running this business 
I have only had one person not pay me because he died and his stuff went into probate and, you know, it's still in probate. My clients pay me. I think it's hard to rip off Motherhood Incorporated, if you ask me. You're ripping off your mom. Um, a funny story about Dell Offside. They, when I was working with Dell, they said, do you have any other corporations? We really don't want to work with Motherhood Corporation. And the guy said to me, he goes, I can just see the headline now, like Motherhood Sues Dell or Dell Sues Motherhood. Like He's like, it's just bad. Anyway, you slice it. <laughs> um, but if you give people what they need, you know, to, to, I use a lot of iPhones in my business. I have six for my company and I have stuff set up and routed certain ways so that like when my staff is off or they go and they want to, you know, go on vacation or things like that, give me the phone and I'll watch it or I'll hand it over to somebody. You know, we run these things and we run these little, we use Chromebooks and we use, uh, iPhones and, you know, then you can use your iPhone as a Wi-Fi spot hotspot for the Chromebook and the guys can work anywhere. Yeah. And it's really great because it allows them to handle their schedules like an adult. It allows me to do what I need to do. And I'll tell you, there's nothing better than I have a pink. They're all different colors. They're like rainbow colors. And my blue one is the only one I carry with me personally. That's the one that's been buzzing through the whole show. But like the pink one, my company phone, I love firing it off to somebody else. Here you go. All yours. Yeah. And it's portable and it's great and it's easy. And that way you can go and go and do what you want to do. And one of the things I learned in business school, and I went to Northwestern and, you know, it's a great school and everything, but I walked away with the feeling that I was somehow wrong or bad or, or not the right fit for the school because they talked about you have to structure your work day, then build your work, your day around your work. And I was like, oh, hell no, Dave. I'm, you know, <laughs> at Disney, you know, my first job going, okay, how do I get out to go to the gym? Ooh, it's a nice beach day. How can I get this done and do that so I can go to the beach? And when I formed my own company, one of the things that I teach everybody is we do this 24-7 exercise when people come in to work for me and I do it for my my clients. They put down, they take this 24-7, it looks like an Excel spreadsheet printed out, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You know, you can make this yourself. And then I tell them to write down everything that's non-negotiable, things that are important to them. For me, it's my kids' sports games. It's the reward ceremonies. It's picking them up from school. You know, there's a whole bunch of things. And so I chart mm -hmm. that out every Sunday night. And then I go, what do I need? I need to go to yoga, you know, so that I'm not crippled by the end of my work week. I need to do this. I need to go to grocery shopping. And I'm really funny. I like to get my hair and nails done. I still am female in this technology thing. That's a non-negotiable for me. Then I pack my work in around it. And that's, I don't know if that's what they're teaching the kids today. It definitely wasn't taught to me when I went to school. What about you? Yeah, no, that wasn't, I mean, I saw that obviously 20 years in corporate world that, uh, and I still see it going into organizations over and over and over again. And they, you know, the, there's a great commercial out there that talks about when did, when did being brave mean you left work on time? Uh, you know, and people for whatever reason think that the, when you ask them, Hey, how, when you say, how you doing? They're like, Oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And, you know, and you and I'm all, I think I'm like, why is that a good thing? I mean, people almost put it like it's a badge of honor, and I, and and I'm thinking I don't want busy people in my organization. I want productive people, and uh, you know, and so when I was designing my business, 
I almost a few times I almost fell into the, fell back into the whole role of okay what oh well it's time for, it's time for me to head into the office or it's time for me to leave I can't leave the office until my intern leaves or whatever and I'm thinking no if I'm done with my work I'm done with my work and why would I ever design a business that I become a slave to uh, just like I was if you know like I'm working for somebody else. And as an entrepreneur, we have an opportunity to design our business exactly the way it is. So, like you said, you have those non-negotiables. I had four. I, I had. I've had four years. My kids just left to college. As I said, I had four years where I never missed a single high school uh, sporting event. I was at every single one, and I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world. Absolutely, Dave. We're, I'm, I've hit every soccer game, every baseball game. You know, I'm hit and miss on practices. You know, it depends, but, but I'm there. And you know what? I didn't have kids to fob them off, to drop them off, to stick them here, to shove them there. I had kids because I wanted that experience. It's very selfish. It's like I wanted to enjoy them. I want to see them succeed. I want to be there when they fail. I want to be there when they achieve. I want to, I want to, you know, like this t- tomorrow night, I'm chaperoning, you know, the Halloween dance. And I will have more fun than the kids. I think yeah. the key is knowing what's important to you. And what's important to me during these child raising years is I know I'm not getting them back. You know, I know I can't go back in time, so I make the most of it. And there's a part of me in the back of my head in the, when I first formed this business, you know, you're talking three months old and two and a half years old. My focus was how do I make enough money to put these kids through college and how do I feed them and clothe them for the next, you know, 15, 18 years. And then I changed real quick because I realized, well, that's easy. Stick your kids in daycare, stick them in aftercare, hire a nanny, you know, hire a housekeeper, go to work every day back in your old office in Beverly Hills and make a million dollars. And then I thought, well, what do I really want? And that's a thing, you know, we all want money. We all want things. We all want security. But at the end of the day, all of those things didn't matter because what I wanted was to see my kids hit these benchmarks. Well, and you know, Nobody's children at their funeral is going to sit there and do the eulogy and talk about how how talented or uh, their parents were at work, and uh, or how much their parents accomplished at work. You know, uh, they're going to talk about whether or not you were at those games. They're going to talk about were you there? Were you there when they went when they went to homecoming? Were they, were you there when they you know for those important milestones and for the the quote unquote unimportant things. You know, and that that's the thing. And I think when as we talk about virtual assistants and things and, you know, some people don't have a choice. Some people have to get help because they do work for other people and they don't have the flexibility in their time. But as entrepreneurs, we have the opportunity to design businesses and design our work. So we are there. And so if I'm going to use a virtual assistant for anything or uh, I'm not going to use a virtual assistant for raising my kids, I'm going to use it for my business. Absolutely, Dave. Amen to that. Preaching to the choir. I mean, that's... <laughs> I get preachy sometimes because well, I'm passionate too. about it because I, I'm a leadership guy and I see so many I see so many parallels between how we uh, leadership and parenting. And I don't care. I don't care if you're a father or a mother. There leadership and parenting. There are so many. There are so many parallels that go along with that. And again, I go back to that character thing. And you know how we make decisions and 
more is caught than taught, you know, and you hear that about parenting, but that's exactly the same at work as well. You're setting an example for all those people that, uh, that work for you, all those virtual assistants who down the road, they may have an opportunity to start their own business. And how are they going to run it as well? Your kids are watching everything that you do. And, and, and the way they're going to be, behave with their kids, Sandra, is, the, is what they're watching you do with them. And so they're going to want to be there for all their kids stuff as well. So I, I honor you for that. I think it's great. Well, thank you, Dave. I feel the same way about you. You know, I just got to tell you a funny story. Imagine a, a, a Marine, a National Guardsman, an Air Force and a ground pounder army guy sitting there in my office to the side of my house, you know, where my programming computers are and stuff. The think tank is what we call it, the think mm-hmm. tank. And I walked in there one day and I was, I had been up all night. I'd worked really hard on this stuff. And I said, guys, here's my phone, tossed it over to him. Here's my personal phone, check everything, answer it, what you can tell people, you know, I'm unavailable right now. And they said, Oh, what are you working on? I said, I'm going to take a bath. And they just, their jaws dropped. They were like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm really tired. I stink. You know, I need to recharge. I need to take a break for a few minutes. And you guys hold down the fort. I'll be back. And, you know, a couple, you know, months after that, one of my guys came up and he said, you know, I went home and I told my wife what you did. And he, and he said, you know, if she can do this in the office, you can do this at home, honey. He goes, you can step off of the, you know, merry-go-round for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, two hours, you know, get your mojo back, regroup, recenter and come back and the world won't fall apart. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So your best piece of advice, we got about a minute and a half, Dave. Make it count. Mm. Best piece of advice as far as uh, the bringing in bringing in help? Take your pick. Yeah. Uh, Burn in daylight. <laughs> absolutely. It's character. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I'm going to say character. Look, you want the right people working for you. You want to understand who they are at, the, at their core, and you need to be asking questions about who they are because there's nothing nothing about uh, leadership that we lose sleep over is technical in nature. Almost everything that we lose sleep over is, as a leader is about people. And so – and the – the heart of a person is their character and understanding who they are and uh, hire people of high character. They're harder to find these days, but that makes them more valuable. Amen. And be a leader of character. Lead your family. Yep. You'll attract them. You'll attract them, but you'll also lead them. And I got news for you. Dave found this out. I'm finding this out. You'll also create them in your household. You'll create them in your organization. It's a very, very good thing. Dave Anderson, Anderson Leadership Solutions. Thank you for being our guest today on Coach Talk Radio. Absolutely. At Dave Anderson, 88 on Twitter. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck and Scott Frazier, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques from Coach Talk Radio. In its quest to provide an open forum 